Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by the Ethical Coaching and Diabetes Care Certification. At this point, we know that coaching in the diabetes space is a new integral standard of care. In 2018 alone, there were 1.5 million new Americans diagnosed with diabetes, and as important as endocrinologist care is, there's a severe shortage in the U.S. The healthcare system alone is just not set up to successfully support those living with type 1. That's where coaches bridge the gap. Although coaches in diabetes care cannot replace an endocrinologist care, we can add impactful and life-changing support in between appointments. So let me ask you this. What if there was a way to direct the diabetes community to trustworthy and reliable coaching support, allowing them to filter through the noise of sneaky marketing and bring them directly to ethical coaching practices? What if there was a way to navigate this space with all the resources that you need to build an ethical, impactful, and accessibility-centered coaching practice in the diabetes space? And what if there's a way to understand how to build a coaching practice without overcharging, under-delivering, and feeling icky in the process while connecting with other coaches, allowing you to collaborate? The thing is, coaching certifications teach you how to become a coach, but nobody teaches you on the complexities of working in the diabetes space. But I have good news. We're creating the next generation of ethical coaches in diabetes care, and you get to be a part of it. Introducing the Ethical Coaching and Diabetes Care Certification, the first and only training program that teaches coaches in the diabetes space how to build a coaching practice that's centered around ethics, integrity, and accessibility. Our three-phase training experience, now recognized for continuing education credit by the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaching, will not only help you navigate the diabetes space in complete clarity— but it's also going to teach you how to take your trauma-informed approach to coaching. It's going to teach you how to integrate coaching practices that are derived from neurolinguistic programming so that you can facilitate client-driven breakthroughs. And it's going to teach you how to master the art of ethical copy and marketing, create accessible offers, and permission-led sales so that your clients can feel safe and secure during the entire process. The Ethical Coaching and Diabetes Care Certification not only teaches you the importance of being an ethical leader in the diabetes industry, but how to build a sustainable coaching practice that will filter out through the noise in the diabetes community. You can apply now for a fall cohort in the link in the show notes. Now let's hop back into this episode. Hello, welcome to Keep You Hunted Radio. I'm super excited for today's episode because I am meeting with Savannah Johnson, who is the founder of Type One Way Ticket Travel. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Do you want to take a second to introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. First of all, equally excited to be here. Uh, yeah, you can tell me, you know, what what else you want to know. But I think from kind of a high level overview, I'm Savannah. I am from Denver, Colorado, but I just moved to Utah. I've had diabetes for 27 years now, which is super crazy. Um, And I was super lucky growing up to attend a summer camp for kids with diabetes. Um, So throughout my childhood, I was surrounded by, you know, community resources, support that I think is essential to thriving with diabetes. And that enabled me to do hard things with diabetes as I got older. And throughout much of my early, like middle, you know, 20s, I realized that a a lot of people don't have the same community support and resources that I was fortunate to have growing up. And this was particularly uh, made known to me through travel. I worked in the student travel industry for six years, I think, traveled pretty extensively in undergrad as well. 
and worked with hundreds and hundreds of students along the way. Never once had a student with type 1 diabetes. And I think that there's a reason for that. I think the reason for that is largely pertaining to fear and anxiety surrounding travel with diabetes. It's also related to lack of opportunity for folks with diabetes to travel. When I was when I was a middle school student, high school student, I really wanted to do the travel programs that my siblings, my cousins, my peers were doing. And a lot of the companies that I applied to travel with said no to me because of diabetes, because they couldn't support diabetes. So all these factors considered, um, I really wanted to create those opportunities for kids with diabetes and young adults with diabetes to be able to travel and to be able to have access to the community support and resources that I think is, you know, really important to kind of holistic health and well-being with diabetes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, one of our main connecting points, I think, on our first call together was that we both did travel programs through Walking Tree Travel. That was the <laughs> that was the first experience that I really had traveling abroad outside of like vacations. I went to uh, Costa Rica for two weeks when I was a senior junior in college or sorry, high school. And it's funny because that was the last trip that I had before living with diabetes. Mm. And when I was 19, obviously diagnosed and I was diagnosed in February. And in May, I had been approved for a research trip in Curacao for another, I think it was like 10 or 12 days. But the difference between traveling without diabetes versus with diabetes was drastically different, especially like, you know, having others outside of you that may not understand how the experience, how to support you in that experience. So in your in your travel experience since years, it's a long time. What have you been found? What have you found that's that big gap between traveling and how supporting somebody with diabetes is different? Yeah, um, I, and that's a great point too. And, and to be honest, like an experience I didn't have because I was diagnosed when I was two. You know, so my whole travel life has been with diabetes, and I think that's really interesting to hear about how tangibly you were able to feel some of these differences. Um, I think that there there are kind of two categories of differences. One is like logistical and then one is emotional. On the logistical side, um, no matter the time period that you're traveling for, even if you're going for a short period of time, you still need a whole supply of backup, um, you know, backup supplies, whatever, whatever you're using. I typically recommend people bring three times what they're actually going to need on a trip uh, just to have that peace of mind. So folks need folks need help and support navigating the conversations they need to have with insurance to apply that uh, to yeah to supply that surplus of supplies. That was difficult to say. Um, things like like bringing medication abroad. A lot of people have run into issues bringing medications through customs, bringing insulin through customs, things like that. So there's a whole logistical kind of like practical side, and then there's a whole emotional side which is, you know, a lot of fear and anxiety surrounding being away from what's familiar, familiar support systems, familiar healthcare professionals and health systems, um, concern related to like food options abroad, concern related to doing activities that are different than people's normal routines or in environments that are different. So um, the, what I always talk about is like, how do you manage diabetes in extreme heat if you're not from a climate with extreme heat or humidity? How do you manage diabetes in extreme cold if that's not what you're used to? Managing diabetes at altitude, underwater, if you're scuba diving, just these environments that aren't our typical kind of like day to day. And I think that the unknown makes people fearful. Um, 
in my experience, having been the only person with type one in some of these travel environments, for me, I always felt like, you know, I, I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to kind of like show up and be like, yeah, I can do this. Like, you can't think that I can't do this because I can, which in in my early, like in my teenage years looked like not necessarily reaching out for support and help from like group members and and my trip leaders and things like that. Uh, and so I think helping folks navigate those conversations, bringing the people they're with up to speed, letting them know like how they can support you as someone with type one, that's hard. Those are hard, like those are hard conversations to have and those are hard skills to develop. Um, so I think those are those are some of the main things that we try to address on type one way ticket programs. Yeah, it, it's you're right. It's really hard to ask for that support. I remember when in my second trip when I did go to I actually went to Costa Rica again for another research trip. And this was when I was a senior in college. So at this point, living with diabetes for four years. Um, kind of like felt like I had a grasp on it. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, I had no idea what I was doing. But um, looking back, I remember like we were working a lot with the sea turtles because they were hatching at that time. And so at night we would do these like 3 a.m. Uh, beach patrols to make sure that there were no poachers. And I remember we would be walking. I think it was like a two hour patrol of the beach. So you're just walking back and forth with your red lights. And I remember at that point, like not really understanding low blood sugar i understood it but i didn't know how to ask for help in that scenario because i'm like okay everybody's walking we're in this group like how do like i know i need something but how do i actually communicate that to people who may not understand that i can't just keep going Mm -hmm. so i think what you're doing is really incredible and there was actually a trigger point you had said uh scuba diving as well and when i was diagnosed i was doing a training pro uh training certification or you have to get certified to go scuba diving yeah. and i actually had to drop out because i was diagnosed mm-hmm. and was that because they told you that you could no longer continue or you elected or what i think it was more self-elected yeah. i was like oh diagnosed with diabetes i'll be underwater and i think you have experience with that too like can you talk about your experience with scuba diving yeah so I, the reason that i asked was because back in the day like i remember I must have been maybe 10 years old. And I remember my endocrinologist at the time was like, there are only three things you can't do with diabetes. One, join the infantry. Two, be a pilot. Three, scuba dive. And in my case, I, I wasn't interested in joining the infantry and like really wasn't that interested in being a pilot. But I was like, I'm going to scuba dive then. <laughs> you know, I was like, someone's telling me I can't do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. That has changed. Um, people with diabetes now can scuba dive. It's not, you know, illegal. But um, it, as you pointed out, like, how do you manage diabetes underwater? There's a huge learning curve. And it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, most healthcare professionals sit you down and are like, this is exactly how you manage diabetes underwater, right? That's so kind mm-hmm. of situational and contextual. And there's not a ton of information available online either. So in my case, it was very, very much trial and error, which I think can add to some of the like fear and concern because you're kind of just shooting in the dark, you know, when you're figuring something yeah. like that out. Um, and I, I'm now, a what's my certification called? Like advanced open water diver, whatever it's called. So I've done like a couple different certifications, gone on dozens of dives. And now I would say I've, you know, kind of gotten a good grip on underwater diabetes management, but that was a huge learning curve. 
And part of what we're doing with type one way ticket programs, our Thailand programs involve the scuba cert is like kind of taking away some of that learning curve and like giving giving teens with diabetes the support, education and resources necessary to approach a situation like that confidently and not have to have the the huge kind of trial and error learning curve that myself and, and a lot of other type one divers have had. Right, because you have to approach it not only as a normal human being approaching scuba diving or those activities, but you also have that extra layer of type one. So walk me through a little bit of how type one way ticket was developed. How did you come up with this idea and this concept? Like, yeah, let's, let's dive into it. There are so many different origin stories. So hopefully I don't get like lost in the weeds here. But I would say, OK, so back in 20, I want to say 2016. At this point, I think I had lived in probably like 13 countries, traveled to 40 plus, like had had spent a lot of time abroad, many years abroad. And I came back to the US, got like, quote unquote, normal job, and had a coworker in that position whose partner had diabetes. And they really wanted to go to a wedding in Guatemala. Um, but she was very worried that there wouldn't be any food options abroad for her diabetic partner. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, Like they want to go to a wedding in Guatemala. Like I want them to go to a wedding in Guatemala. You know, this is an exciting time. Like I don't want them to be worried about food options. That's not the point of a like rest and relaxation trip with loved ones to Guatemala. And so I was kind of like, okay, no, like this is how I've navigated food options abroad. You know, let's like talk about this. And then shortly thereafter, I saw in my hometown a middle school daughter and her mom, they were tabling for JDRF at our local grocery store. And so, of course, you know, just love me some diabetics. So I went and started chatting with them. And I found out that this girl who was like 12 years old had never had a sleepover because she and her mom were worried about what diabetes management away from home would look like. And then my mom was there with me and she was like, tell them all about like all the things you've done, you know? And I was kind of like, okay, I'm seeing a need for, at this point, showcasing the possibilities of life with diabetes, right? Like you you can have sleepovers, you can go to weddings in Guatemala, you can go scuba, all of these things um, that I had done. And so I created, at first it was uh, just an Instagram page kind of about diabetes and travel, tips and tricks and anecdotes. Um, I also really wanted to showcase how things can and will go wrong, but how important it is to have the like wherewithal and resilience to get through those experiences and be prepared for them. Because uh, I have a lot of those stories. Um, and so created the Instagram. And then over the, you know, over the course of many years, I just connected with so many people online. I was still working in student travel. Like I said, I had never had a type one student. I actually calculated the other day. I have worked with over 800 students. So statistically, at least a small handful of those should have had type one uh, and never had one. And I was kind of like, okay, mainstream travel companies are turning type ones away. I think also type ones and their families are self-selecting out of opportunities like this due to fear. Um, And so I, you know, all these things came together and I was like, I just want to enable these opportunities for people. And I want to take some of that fear out of travel broadly construed. Um, and I, you know, I, it's probably pretty obvious, but I think travel is really transformative. I think it's been really core to who I've become. And um, I think that that's the case for a lot of young people. So want to 
want to engender those those opportunities and like transformation experiences for for type one kids. It's it's so needed and and so like because that was one of the biggest things. Even though I went on that trip right after my diagnosis, I think it was like four months after. One of the main concerns that I had as I was diagnosed was I'm never going to be able to travel again. Like that was an actual thought that crossed my mind. And it was a narrative that was perpetuated by the healthcare system. They said, you know, you have to be so cautious about X, Y, Z. So of course that was kind of coming through my mind. It was going through my parents' mind. And you had kind of mentioned the, uh, how, you know, that fear is kind of allowing people to opt out of these traveling experiences. So can you speak for maybe, I don't know if you've had this conversation with like your mom, but like, what were her thoughts as you were traveling or like you work with a lot of parents of type ones? Like, what are those fears that are coming up? Yeah. So I, I give my parents a lot of credit in this regard because now, you know, in retrospect, I know that they were terrified to go off and let me do these things, but they knew that they had to. Like they knew that, you know, they knew these experiences would be transformative. They knew that you know, saying no to things like that would probably like breed some sort of resentment. And so they kind of swallowed their own anxiety surrounding traveling and, you know, trekking and backpacking, scuba diving, all these things with diabetes to like, let me have those experiences. And for that, I'm really, really grateful because that mindset kind of transferred over to me as well. Uh, And I, I mean, that was so liberating for me that that was, that was huge to my development and to my identity. That said, though, they were also freaked out. Like, I remember I started traveling before there was like international texting, international data plan. So I was just over in Thailand the first time I went abroad, like essentially by myself. I could go to like a little internet cafe and email my parents, but we were not in communication the way that we can be now. And, uh, and also technology, like diabetes technology is not like what it was or what it, it was not then what it is now um which again i imagine is really is probably very fear inducing for my parents but i remember getting notification on my phone which was permanently on airplane mode and being like what is this like i don't know what this notification is and then getting an email from my mom who was like hey so i need to tell you something i installed a tracker on your phone and it's not working because your phone's on airplane mode. So please turn it off airplane mode. <laughs> and the reason she installed a tracker on my phone was because she was worried, like, you know, what what would happen if I went low and I was out in the middle of nowhere and whatever. Like, she just, I think the tracker thing gave her peace of mind. Now find my friends exist. This is probably a non-issue for most people. Uh, but my, my point is, I bring this up to elucidate. They were worried and they they still let me go. Um, which I think is amazing. And I think is also something that I have tried to practice in my own life and have tried to encourage other people to practice, which is like, even if you do have fear and anxieties surrounding anything, like you can still do it. You can still work through that and still do it. Um, there are of course ways to do that safely, holistically safely. Uh, so yeah, I, I just think that it's it's a really powerful learning opportunity to to learn how to work through some of that fear to achieve something that you want to do. Definitely. It's so interesting because now we have things like Dutch Come Share or you're right, like Find My Friends. Like it's a lot, more, there's a lot, probably a lot more peace of mind that goes into it than there was. Totally. Because even same thing, like 
when I was in college, I didn't even have a CGM. Like that was one thing I just did not want. Didn't get one until I was about four years into my diagnosis. So me going to Curacao or to Costa Rica, I can only imagine my parents just kind of like allowing allowing that free, like allowing, just like letting go. And it's like that that trust that needs to be built as well. So huge kudos to your parents because that's, that's absolutely huge. Totally. But what would you... I will think <laughs> what would before you tell, we go on to the next question. The flip yeah, side yeah. of that though is I think that some of the things like Dexcom share can actually exacerbate some of those fears, right? Like there is something to be That's said true. for like ignorance is bliss to an extent. Um, I've definitely had conversations with prospective type one way to get parents about remote monitoring and about like, you know, if you're if you're watching your child's Dexcom data from afar and you see that they're going low or you see that they're going high or whatever, and you're, you know, you're anticipating how they're feeling and what's going through their mind and you can't do much beyond send a text like that's, uh, you know, that's an uncomfortable feeling to have to wrestle with, too. So it kind of it can go both ways. But I, I think the whole thing right. that we're trying to do with type one way ticket is like working with families on a more of like an individualized basis to figure out what reduces fear for them. If that means not remote mm-hmm. monitoring, great. Let's set you up to be successful, not remote monitoring. If that means remote monitoring, great. Let's set you up to be successful there, you know? Yeah, so it sounds like there's actually a lot more preparation than the trip itself. Like you're not just doing preparation in terms of, okay, what supplies to bring? You know, here's a checklist. Like walk us through that. What does that experience look like? Yeah, yeah. So I would say this is actually one of kind of the key differentiators, aside from type one way ticket being for type one diabetic teens in general. It's of course a key differentiator, but one of the one of the big ones is our our programs have a start date and end date, but the preparation for our programs begin well before the program start date. So we have a whole um, a whole kind of like support system built out, support structure built out for pre departure preparation, and that that pertains to both the logistical preparation and the emotional preparation. Um, so that involves working with the travelers to prepare for things like diving, like hiking, um, like putting together these remote monitoring plans were not with their families, but then that also uh, involves working with both parents and teens separately and together to work through whatever is on their mind in terms of excitement, fears, anxieties, and goals. Yeah, so so much more than just that actual trip. It sounds like it's almost, okay, so I'm going to put the like words in your mouth, but it's almost like that a coaching experience, essentially. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. I would say the pre, especially the pre-departure supports, I would say are are very similar, lots of parallel to a coaching experience. Yeah, which, okay, so this leads me actually into my next question because you did our three and a half month program, the Ethical Coaching of Diabetes Care Certification. And now while you are not necessarily maybe, you, you would define yourself as being like a health coach or a fitness coach, you are actually integrating that coaching into your practice. So like, can you walk me through that decision to join and how you're integrating it into Type 1 Way Ticket? Yeah. Yeah, I have so much to say about this program. I I loved it. And I will say just to kind of like frame the experience, this was, you know, the inaugural cohort of the program. And I was kind of like, oh, should you know, should I wait like for subsequent runs of the program? Like so on and so forth. But I am so, so glad that I was part of the inaugural program. Um, and And it was phenomenal. I think the reason that I ultimately ended up joining the program was because I knew that having a type one specific 
kind of like accountability structure built into the continued development of type one-way ticket would be really valuable. And I also knew that I, the development of my business was, how do I say this? I knew that being part of the ECDC community would have only positive effects on the development of my business. And I knew that I would benefit from having the perspectives and insights of you and the rest of the people in the cohort on things like, you know, developing my company values, developing my like copywriting structure, social media stuff. Um, I just think that you and the cohort were able to offer insights that I, I wouldn't have been able to get outside of the ECDC program. So that was ultimately why I decided to join. And then it so far exceeded my expectations that I'm, I'm so grateful to have been part of the inaugural cohort. I love that. It's it's so interesting, like just seeing the other side of because I remember you're still kind of building out the idea like you had you had the foundations, but you're still kind of building upon them. So like if you walk us through a little bit of what you've built in the past. Now it's been four yeah. months. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing a ton of work on my website. I launched with a landing page. The full website is going live in a couple weeks, which will be really exciting. Um, but I found ECDC extremely helpful for some of the like copy and sales components of creating that website content. I knew ahead of ECDC that I really wanted to put together a, a mission statement, vision statement and values that kind of like packed a punch, um, and resonated with the community and, and with me, the program really helped me kind of hone in on that. Um, and hone in on my values as a business owner and as a, you know, education practitioner and someone who works with youth. Um, integrity and ethics are really important to what I do. Empathy is really important to what I do. And I wanted to be part of a program that like nurtured that, not only supported that, but also nurtured that. I have been part of other programs that were much more sales oriented. I would say in general. Um, and ECDC absolutely was nurturing of the ethics, integrity, and empathy components. Um, I think the trauma informed piece was really huge for me. And that was something that drew me to the program as well. I think that um, even if folks don't define what they've experienced as trauma personally, I think that there are a lot, uh, there are a lot of mental health components to diabetes. That's, you know, that's not news to anyone. And I really wanted to be sensitive to that and sensitive to the fact that every diabetic's experience with diabetes looks different from one another's. Um, so for me, it was really important when I'm, you know, putting together programs and social media content and website content and curriculum and, you know, this pre-departure coaching structure is really important to be sensitive to people's fears, anxieties, traumas, however they, they describe it. Um, so I love that was one of my absolute favorite sessions in the program was a session with Dr. Mark Heyman um, about trauma informed approaches and also was very informative for me and, and my own journey as a diabetic. So really, it was just it was a lot. I, I am feeling as I move into kind of this next phase of type one way ticket development where I'm starting to enroll travelers for the Thailand program in 2023 in this in U.S. summer, June and July. Um I have found the learnings from ECDC to be like integral to to my company and to our direction. 
It's it's funny. It's like, I mean, I started Needles and Spoons three and a half years ago now. And I've same thing. Like I've done like business coaching programs and just having none of them had that component of how to work with the diabetes community, which is a very specific niche. It's very specific to how we communicate with the community. It's very specific in how we work with the community. And I, like those are pieces that I really wish I had in my journey sooner and ones that I want any service provider, whether you're a coach or somebody providing travel experiences or, you know, a, a registered dietitian, whoever it is, I want them to have those that skill set behind them. And what I really love about your company and your values, and like one thing that we talk about a lot in the program is leading every decision from your core values. And I love how you came up with your values. So do you mind speaking to that a little bit? Sure. So yeah, there are. I know, you know, most rule of thumb is like have three to five company values. We have 14. So straying from the norm a little bit. Um, but the way that I came up with my company values, I mean, as, as I mentioned, like travel has been so important to every aspect of my identity, my opinions, my belief systems, my perspectives, the way that I view humanity, my role in humanity. I could go on and on about that. And one of the things that I've loved most about travel is learning about other philosophies and value systems and ways of life in cultures that are not the culture I grew up in. And I ended up putting together my values from a perspective of like, which of these, which of these values from other cultures do I want to uplift and type one way ticket? So I, I assembled a list of 14 core values, most of which are from other philosophies and cultures around the world, and that all pertain to things like grit and empathy and risk-taking and straying from the norm and uh, defining yourself for who you are, not your diagnosis, things like that, um, and have really been intentional to develop our programming and our curriculum all in accordance with those values. And you can definitely tell you just integrate them into everything that you do. And I am a huge fan and it really looks like you've been building so much. So like now you've been, you've built type one way to get to be full time, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the, that's the goal. Yes. <laughs> well, so, and you had just mentioned that like your programs are coming in 2023 and I just really want to hear like what's going on behind the scenes, what's to come because I'm really excited and I want to. I want to tell everybody to join the program. So like, let's kind of dive into yeah, it. It's a, really, it's a really exciting season of life in type one way ticket world. So I um, have solidified the Thailand program. It's going to be June 30th to July 17th, 2023. What I'm working on right now is developing kind of like the backend infrastructure to enable people to enroll. The enrollment process is also a little bit coachy in nature. It's not, you know, kind of like a let me like click and sign up for this. It's very kind of hands-on and we'll have a conversation ahead of time, which I think will be really nice. Um, so that'll enable me and travelers and families to connect ahead of time. I'll be leading the program. My, I have a co-leader who will be leading the program with me. And then there's a my Thai co-leader that I worked with for five years is on board for the program as well, which I am super excited about because he is the best. Um, so it'll be the three of us. And yeah, I mean, enrollment should open in a couple weeks. I'm also in the mid, this is kind of a new development. So this is, you know, it's baking right now, but I've had a lot of interest thus far from like young adults. So type ones between the ages of like 19 and 24 ish. Right now, the Thailand program is for 14 to 18, might open that up to, to 19. 
However, I've also been in communication with a couple of people about developing some sort of junior leader program that would enable that young adult age range to participate, but from more of like a leadership development and like future type one way ticket program leader training um, standpoint, which I think could be really cool. So stay in the loop about that. Like I said, that's like kind of like building the plane while flying it, which is really exciting. Um, and then I had a really wonderful summer intern who has stayed on for the fall, but she and I have been in communication about opening up some other internships. So like social media internship, grant writing internship, because um, we've had a lot of activity in potential grant land. Financial aid is really important to us. This, you know, a bit of an aside, but I, it's really important to me to be able to offer these opportunities to folks who um, may not be able to like afford a full program fee. And so I'm really, um, my intern and I this past summer, we're really working on on writing grants to be able to provide scholarships, financial aid. So yeah, that is all in the pipeline. That's all what's happening now. So, so much, but it's so exciting to see just everything coming into fruition and coming down the pipeline. So like, like we kind of mentioned, there might be a lot of maybe fears or just kind of like um, maybe some roadblocks in maybe doing a program like this, because again, that type one factor, especially if you are a teen where your parents are more hands-on or, you know, kind of in that scenario. So can you walk us through what people could expect kind of from start to finish and how you are facilitating this experience for people that feels safe and confident as they're walking into totally. this journey? So I think I would say the biggest component here is like diabetes, diabetes management and diabetes education is factored into every single day of the itinerary. Um, you know, so it's not like, a kid participating in a normal travel program or a normal summer camp where like they are solely responsible for making time for their own management. We, you know, we've structured the itinerary such that like all travelers can and and trip leaders. So the trip leaders are type one as well. Like everyone has like bloods and insulins time. That's a, a term that I stole from my summer camp, like ahead of meals. We have um, factored in like carb counts to all of the like street food stuff that we eat, you know, places that are not as accessible to get nutrition information. Every activity has uh, like pre-activity orientation where the groups get together and talk about diabetes management in whatever activity that is. Um, and then there's also there's a, a solid bit of kind of like goal setting and reflection time built in and the trip leaders work together with the travelers to set their goals, check in on their goals, and then ideally accomplish their goals. Um, like I mentioned earlier, like things aren't aren't going to go perfectly. You know, that's not that's not life. That's definitely not diabetes, but it's not life in general. And so every program has like a nightly reflection component built in so that groups can reflect on what went well, what didn't go well, how to kind of roll with the punches and prepare for the next day and weeks, things like that. So lots of the everything that we have done is designed to really draw upon like community strength and community support because i think i think that is just so important and the older i've gotten the more i've realized how like there's so many you know there's so many type ones that don't have many other type ones or if any type ones in their life um and i want i want type one way ticket travelers to be able to you know, move on from type one way ticket, whether that's going to college or traveling independently or whatever their lives look like. 
and be able to have people that they can text and be like, oh my gosh, customs just tried confiscating my insulin, you know, like that. That's important. <laughs> Hopefully that, that doesn't happen. But... <laughs> no, what? Not they actually forever. take it or you have... I put up a but like, okay. but, but if you're in that experience, just totally alone, that's really lonely and isolated. It's like, yes, power of having someone yep. to be like, this is what's going on. And, you know, they text you back and they're like, don't let them take the slin like that. That has ripple effects into the rest of life. It really does. And I'm really glad that you're emphasizing that. Hey, like this is not meant to be the perfect like you won't have a straight line the entire time. Things will happen. But hey, you have the community to get you through it. And like that's what it's built for to build that confidence and not only traveling, but that's going to roll over to any other scenario going into college, going into, you, you know, like when I when after college, I moved away to Miami, which is thousands of miles away or a thousand, <laughs> one thousand miles away from my family. And like even having that confidence to go into a situation like that is so important. So like how can people find out more? Like what is the application process like? Can you walk us through and like if they're interested, but maybe they have to, they, they have some concerns that they want to walk through. How yeah, can they yeah, find I'm out Yeah, I'm so glad more? you asked. A couple ways. Um, you can schedule a free consultation call, which is just one-on-one -on -one call with me, chat through anything that's on your mind, get to know more about type one way ticket. Um, that's, you know, totally optional and separate from the actual enrollment process. For the actual enrollment process, it starts out with uh, just kind of like a brief um, like interest form is what I've been calling it. And then after the interest form, you'll folks will be invited to fill out the full application. Part of the application is a conversation with me where we talk more specifically about, um, you know, folks like diabetes journey and what some of these concerns might be, things like that. And then following that conversation folks in the um, elect to enroll. Amazing. I am so excited. What is the deadline for applying? Covered all of our um, So in theory, the deadline would be like 1st of June. So like the month that um, we are departing. So June 1st, 2023. However, we, and this is another, um, you know, testament to the power of the ECDC program. Like I said, financial is really important to me. So one of the things that I am rolling out is a like interest-free monthly payment plan. Um, and in order for that to be an eight-month payment plan, so the lowest monthly payments, folks would have to enroll by the end of October of this year. Okay. Amazing. So this will be going out beginning of October. So I know I have a few weeks October, to get your application so in. That's crazy. Um, okay. So final question, this podcast um, obviously is Keep 100 Radio, but we are all about uncensored diabetes conversations. So uncensored, what would be your biggest piece of advice to anybody, whether it's young teens, parents, whoever you want to aim it towards, um, your biggest piece of advice for living with diabetes, diabetes while traveling, however you want to spend. I really want to write a book on this one day, but I will say, and I know this sounds cheesy. But I find myself saying it to people all the time, which is like, you can do hard things. I think that diabetes, diabetes doesn't give us a choice, but to become like really strong, strong-willed, independent, you know, resilient, empowered people. And I think that um, 
I think that it, 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 it kind of forces, it forces us to do hard things, right? Like what we do on a, a daily basis is really hard. And I think we can apply that skill set and that strength to so many other things in life, especially things that we may are maybe a little bit scared of. Um, and I think that when we really stop and consider like what we do for ourselves on a daily basis, like we can do that anywhere doing anything and, and we can do hard things. So whether that's your child can do hard things or you can do hard things, um, diabetes caretakers can also do hard things. Just anyone that touches diabetes is so equipped and capable to, to do the types of things that we do on type one way ticket programs and a ton of hard things that exist outside of type one way ticket programs. I love that. You can do the hard things. Amazing. (laughs) So, okay. Uh, where can everybody find you how can they find out more about your programs let's give all the details yeah so we are on instagram at type one way ticket um also on tiktok but it's really just posted instagram content to be (laughs) totally honest and um our website is www.typeonewayticket.com amazing i'll put all that in the show notes so everybody can find it there but thank you so much for coming on and sharing more about your company and i'm really excited to see where it goes Thanks so much for having me. And seriously, I i mean, I know I've been like blowing you up with, you know, like Slack love letters for the past like four months. But like the the program that you put together in ECDC what is so valuable. And I'm just I'm so excited that it exists for myself and then also for the community at large. And I can't wait to see you know, what it looks like moving forward. Like I said earlier, it was so awesome to be part of the inaugural cohort. And I'm I'm just super stoked for, you know, all the cohorts that that follow us. Thank you so much. That's so, I'm so excited for what's to come too. I think big things are coming for the community in all, all angles. So thank you for saying that. Absolutely. Yeah, seriously. I, I know that, that I know as like a program creator, I know how much goes into putting something like that together and for it to be as high quality as it was right out the gate is, is truly amazing. So testament to you and, and your capabilities and the fact that you can do hard things. (laughs) We all can do the hard things.